0: Jackpot Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host Andrew Zurich. It's a much more professional intro that I'm working with today than than usual. Uh, I will be professional up front because there's not a whole lot of changes that took place. Uh, you know what? There, there's a few. There's there's some worth noting. Uh, let's just jump right into the Week Ten recap here because we've got an extra long show today. We're gonna have Peel on. Finally, Peel is on. Uh, we had to bump him last week because. We just got a little tight with time. And then we've got Galas on the show as well. So, a good couple of segments coming up here. Galas and I are going to talk about what it's like to be in fantasy for the first year, some lessons learned, some things that may or may not have happened throughout the year to him that he didn't expect, uh, what he learned from draft day to today. And Peel and I are just going to be doing some good old fashioned football talks. So, look forward to that. All right, let's jump in. Week 10 here. Let's go through the standings. And first place is Brett. Uh, he has locked his playoff spot in. He's the only one that was able to do so with an 8-2 and record. Now, he has the least points scored against him in the league by a pretty wide margin here. I'm looking through everything. And the second least amount of points is about a 50-point differential between Camper Dude, who has the second least against, and Brett, who has 1066 to 1135. Other than that, everybody else is well above that, so... Um, just to take that into account when you are looking through what's been going on in the league. Uh, Second place is Pontiac Bandits. Third is Camper Dude. Fourth is Thundercats. Fifth is Galus' Gents. Sixth is Blood Brothers. Hans Molman in seventh. This is a year in eighth. Wakanda Forever in ninth and out of commission in tenth. It's a, a far drop from winning the league last year all the way to tenth place. Am I enjoying it? No, not one bit. Uh... I've said it on a repeated basis, like the only thing that's making me pay attention to fantasy football at all have been my DFS plays, which uh, I do want to cover DFS with you a little bit today because there's been some talk. I've gotten a few questions. Um, I've actually won a fair amount of money in DFS plays. It's been a little bit over $1,000 yeah, in total this year between Yahoo and uh, DraftKings. So I'm going to let you know what my lineup looks like this week. Whenever I do a lineup at the beginning of the week compared to the end of the week, things do change. But one of the formats we were tinkering around with this year, tinkering around with, dinkering still a word too, I'm going to use it, was potentially doing a weekly DFS play and then having head-to-head money instead of doing, you know, the regular season. So I think that came in third between what we picked or maybe even fourth. Uh, I think third was just like play it like normal. Second was the increased IRs, and then first was the vampire pick, which we all deeply, deeply regret. We're wounded by this. Um, Hey, speaking of vampires, there was a a rule change. I know I sent a text message out to everybody letting them know. Um, The reason that this change went into effect is because they've been great about making their picks quickly, so there's no concern on the front of them not doing that. However, we did need to establish a guideline that what they can't do is wait until moments before the next game starts to make a pick. Now, they wouldn't do that, but the reason that that's in place is because as the injury report comes out throughout the week, that would impact what pick they're going after. So let's say they, they wanted to take you know the number one running back overall from your team. That's great that they can do that, but what if they had a wide receiver injury happen on Thursday night or Friday they found out their wide receiver wasn't going to play? They could essentially make a switch and then take a, a wide receiver at that point. And look, you're already getting screwed enough as it is by having someone taken away from you. You do have the right to know who's going quickly so that you can make your adjustments for your matchups throughout the week, especially before waivers go through. So that's why we did that. And I had talked to the, the two of them ahead of time, and and uh, Sean and Zach were both in agreement, so that was the best thing for the league. So I appreciate them cooperating with me on that. Um, let's go through the recap here. Um, so out of commission loses to Brett. Uh, Camper Dude loses or I'm, yeah, Camper Dude loses to Galis. Uh Pontiac Bandits wins against Jake. Hans Molman wins against Andy, and that's the biggest implication of a matchup of the week, and I'll explain why in a little bit. Thundercats loses against Blood Brothers. Obviously, in terms of what happens with that matchup loss between Peel and Blood Brothers, there's a bigger implication there. Um, but we're kind of forever losing to Jeff, effectively put Jeff in a spot of four and six record, and he's the only person with that record. So right now he's in seventh place. He does have a shot at the playoffs. Now what needs to happen for anyone that's in an eighth, ninth, and tenth at, at this point is they need to win outright, and they need Jeff to lose too in order to get into the playoffs. So it's a really slim margin uh, going into the playoff picture here. Um, but if the road looks here, we've got Brett. Like I said, he's locked in in his playoff spots. Mick and Ryan are also pretty locked in. I mean, it doesn't say that they're locked in at this point, but it's just a seeding thing, right? So they don't know whether or not they're going to be second or third or fourth uh, with the way that the should could shake out. But there's really no danger, so... By the time the matchup's coming next week, I think even with a win or a loss, they're going to be locked in. So the top three spots are going to be taken. And then from there, it is a little bit of a free-for-all because they have two more wins than the next person in fourth place, which would be Peel. So you're looking at a 7-3 record, jumping to a 5-5. Now, Peel's got the points, so I think he will likely have a playoff spot unless he loses outright from this point. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but you never know. The team did change this week. Uh, Let's get into the recap quickly, right? So, starting with my match-off against Brett, we can jump through this one really quick. Brian Tannehill, the entire offense looked incredibly unmotivated, and A.J. Brown was on Brett's team, and they just didn't make any connections. Tannehill has 10 points, A.J. Brown has 3 points, Uh, Parker and Tua Tungavailoa, they have A moderate connection, 2 for 31 yards is all he ends up with, 5 points. Travis Fogum on Philadelphia. Now that there's more miles to feed, as Alshon Jeffrey came back and Dallas Goddard's healthy, and now it looks like Zach Ertz is coming back. Uh, Travis Fogum is going to fade from the fantasy radar. He only comes up with 1.8 points. James Robinson has been my rock this entire year. He's got 13.2 points this week against a Green Bay defense that was not great against the run, and the stats here... Don't look like they should. He has 109 rushing yards, two catches for three yards, but no touchdown on the day, so that's why everything is low like that. Jonathan Taylor is, quite frankly, the biggest bust of the year. He comes up with five points, and uh, that was that was a game where, you know, Naheem Hines had a huge day, and neither running back that uh, – I'm sorry, uh, Jonathan Taylor just doesn't have a good day there. Dallas Goddard comes up with seven points. He did get injured in the game and missed some time, but he didn't end up coming back. That's just been the story of my year is losing guys in games to injury, and it's, it's just happened a lot, and I don't think I've played against a single person that has lost a uh, person during the game because of an injury. So um, not going over kickers, not going over defense, but uh, moving on to Deshaun Watson for Brett here. He's got a very modest day at 14 points. Already covered A.J. Brown. Michael Thomas, for as high of a draft pick as he was and what people were expecting, he only comes up with four – 0.7 points. Now, what's significant about this? Well, Drew Brees obviously went down. Jameis Winston comes in. And uh, Jameis Winston has the most air yards of any quarterback in 2019. And Drew Brees had the least amount of air yards of any quarterback in 2019. So what does that tell me? It means that this team is going to be centered around Alvin Kamara. Like, it has been. It's been working for them. They don't need to do anything drastically different. So, I think Michael Thomas does obviously have better days ahead. He is one of the most, if not the most, talented wide receiver in the league. But it worries me a little bit with Jameis Winston under the helm. It will be interesting to see moving forward. Josh Jacobs comes up with 30 points. He's had two big games this year. One was in Week 1 and one was in Week 10. 35 points in Week 1, 30 points in Week 10. The next highest point total that he had was 22, and that was in Week 5. I played Brett in Week 1 and in Week 10. So, yeah, Josh Jacobs is not my favorite running back. Mike Davis comes up with just 8.5 yards. He had some really big games without CMC under center, and then he just totally, totally fell off the fantasy radar after Week 6. or I'm sorry, after Week 5. Week 6, he had 11, 8, 8, 8, 8. He's been really rock solid at 8, but his touches are all over the place. In Week 9 against Kansas City, he had one touch, on the ground for three yards, and then this past week he went seven for thirty-two. Look, he's an effective runner. He's not the most flashy thing, and he's certainly not the best running back you'll ever find anywhere. But I uh, just—they're not getting it done the same way. And now Teddy Bridgewater may end up on the injury report. And all right, he is in the injury report, may not play this upcoming weekend. So you got to wonder what that does for Mike Davis. I think CMC is going to be out for longer than just two weeks. so Shoulder separations are. Usually a four- to six-week turnaround time for recovery. Darren Waller, third-best tight end in the league. Uh, It doesn't translate the same 6.7 points. Robert Woods, Bobby Trees here, he comes up with just eight points. Uh, A lot of points from kicker and defense here. Uh, I think you can almost effectively play any defense against Chicago or the Jets and come away doing pretty well for yourself. So Brett does that. He wins this one 99-68 Moving on to the next matchup, you've got Galis' Jensen Camper Dude. Now, this was a big upset here. Josh Allen played it out of his mind. He gets 30 points. Uh, he had his bounce-back game that you expected to. They lost Arizona in kind of a heartbreaking fashion. If you watch that game, DeAndre Hopkins' catch was absurd. And also additionally heartbreaking because I just lost him to the Vampire. So, Stefan Diggs goes 10 for 93 in a touchdown. He looks great. Chark looks just pretty average again. He's having a very average year. And I don't think you draft Chark expecting him to have the average year that he's had. He's had two really big games. He's had a few, like three or four middle of the road games, and then he's had a few more just total duds. He was injured for one game and out. Um, but Chark has has uh, not played to his full potential here, and his schedule does not get more inviting as it goes along. He's got Pittsburgh. He's got Cleveland. Minnesota, Tennessee, then Baltimore, Chicago, and the Colts. So DJ Turk does not really have a very easy schedule moving forward. Melvin Gordon puts up just five, 46 rushing yards, not even past two once. Um, JD McKissick, he's, he's come out a little bit. Seven catches, one rushing touchdown, 43 receiving yards. And he has a great day, 17 points. Jared Cook, not a single catch. Two targets, no catches whatsoever. Uh, Brandon Cook, six for 39. Brandon Cooks is uh, getting better each week. This wasn't one of his better weeks, but the Texans had. hey, we traded Hopkins. we got to use somebody. He's going to be our guy, and Fuller is not going to be just the focal point here. So it's good to see him involved. He's talented. For Mick, the Jared Goff play against Seattle, you think that's going to be a huge day. He ends up passing for over 300 yards, but he loses a fumble. He's got four rushing yards and not a single touchdown, so it just does not translate. Allen Robinson, just 10 points. We all watched that Bears atrocity on Monday night, which was last night. Will Fuller with just eight points. We said Cook was probably target a little bit more, but um I mean, quite honestly, they lost ten to seven, so it wasn't a big game for for either team. It was like full face smash football. Rojo, that ninety-eight yard run. Man, he lost a fumble in this game, but he totally made up for it with that ninety-eight yard run. And if you watched him make that run, he was looking at the jumbotron to make sure that he picked up his feet as soon as that guy dove. It was the greatest thing I've seen. It's just a heads up play to I, I love the season that Rojo's having. It's good to see him turn around. Jamal Williams, Green Bay, just eight and a half points. Um, Aaron Jones looking a little nicked up, I guess. So Jamal Williams is a play there. Eric Ebron, just five and a half. Uh, Jarvis Landry, five and a half. We already talked about that uh, that game. Houston and Cleveland was low scoring. Um, but, yeah, not a big week for everybody in, to- in, in point totals. There were a few – only two teams actually broke out of their projected points this past week. So – um mick takes that one down or i'm sorry uh galis takes that one down 122 to 92 um all right let's move on to the next one we've got pontiac bandits and this is the year obviously not the year jake unfortunately for us i throw myself into that category with you because i clearly am not going to be having a great year this year it's 130 to 103 kyler murray clinic 30 points tyler lockett meh 11 deontay johnson So, this was a great pickup. I don't know why... I mean, I know why Peel dropped him earlier this year. I'm not going to rag on him for that. He was injured and when he came back. Just wasn't looking like his old self. But guy's averaging double-digit targets per week, and you love to see this. He's got 23.6 points, 116 yards, six catches, and a touchdown. Aaron Jones, like we said, he's looking a little nicked up. You expect him to have a much bigger game against Jacksonville, uh, but he only ends up with 49 receiving yards and 46 rushing yards, so five catches, so... 14.5 14.5 points. PPR obviously carries some weight there. Uh, Antonio Gibson, two rushing touchdowns, 45 yards off, four catches. This was a trade that was made for Cooper Cup, so it's a good, a good acquisition for Pontiac Bandits. I think that trade hurts Peel a little bit more than it helps him out after that vampire bite, but I also think with Swift coming on, he'll be good. But we'll get to that when we jump over. Noah Fant, under five points, three for 18. Drew Locke sucks. Uh, that's that's the underline here. Drew Locke is a terrible quarterback. And Denver cannot figure it out. I almost feel just as bad for Denver trying to figure out their quarterback situation as the Bears. But the Bears, I mean, Denver does it to himself, too. So uh, Moving over, Russell Wilson has his worst game of the year. 248 passing yards, 60 rushing yards, and two picks. Not a single touchdown in the air. 23-16 to 16 loss to the Rams. Got to give the Rams some respect. Their defense looks really good all of a sudden. Uh, he's got under 12 fantasy points this week. We've got D.J. Moore. 19.6 points, 96, one touchdown, four receiving uh I'm sorry, four receptions in total. Corey Davis, Corey Davis again, sixty-seven yards off, five catches. So he's he's getting a fair amount of looks. Probably not the target share uh some of these other guys are seeing on the team, but he certainly is doing what he needs to do with them to be fantasy relevant in 10 person league. So kudos to Corey Davis owners. James Conner, I expected him to just smash it this week, but he did not smash it against Cincinnati. He got six point eight points. Uh, Latavius Murray, a little bit of uh, desperation play there, but as the second running back on that team, I guess getting five and a half points is, is good. There's not a lot of running back options, pretty obvious. Rob Gronkowski sneakily coming in at one of the top five tight end plays in total for the year uh, was not looking that way through the first couple of games. And I believe he was on Andy's team in the drop, so it's a good pickup by Jake. One touchdown, 51 receiving yards, two catches. Uh, Chase Claypool does have the big game. But Deontay Johnson, we saw, also had the big game, too. Deontay Johnson had 23.5. Chase Claypool had 21.3. And Juju Smith-Schuster also had a good game, too. We'll get to that when we get to Jeff's team here. But uh, not enough to win for Jake. He loses 130-103. to 103. All right, diving into Hans Molman and Wakanda Forever. This was that big matchup we talked about. Tua to Tagovailoa. he doesn't look bad. He's got two passing touchdowns, but under 200 yards in the air. Tried to rush just once for negative yardage. Um Here's the big one. Cole Beasley, what a PPR play. 11 catches, 109 yards, and a tote. So he's got 27.9. Juju Smith-Schuster ends up with 9 catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. So he ends up with 22. Uh, Miles Sanders, 85 rushing yards, 2 receptions, and a 2-point conversion. So Miles Sanders, I think, was in for a much bigger day, but Corey Clement and their other running back, who just escapes my my head at this moment, uh, Boston Scott, end up with the touchdowns on the day. So you cannot fault Miles Sanders for not getting it. He's one of the best backs in the league. I think he's probably underrated because he's been so nicked up throughout the year. 13 and a half is, is great. And I think that's right around his floor. Kareem Hunt with 16 points. Look, Chubb's back in the lineup and Chubb did well. And Kareem Hunt still rushed for 104 yards, three catches for 28 yards. He just doesn't get a touchdown, but 16 points is great. I think the rest of the way he'll look at high end RB2 territory So if you have Kareem Hunt and you're able to move him into your flex spot or if you need to keep him at your RB2, you're in good shape. Hunter Henry has a good day. He gets a touchdown on four catches. Hunter Henry needs touchdowns just like all tight ends do. Um, But I think especially because his target share is about five on average. So um, as far as tight end play goes, is one of the better ones this week. Terry McClure in 17 points, 95 yards. 27 rushing yards too off seven catches so he has a good day at 17 points it's like right around where he was predicted to be so that's great Drew Brees obviously got injured punctured lung and I think he had a rib injury as well from what I'm remembering I didn't look at his full injury report today but only six points he obviously got pulled he's not gonna be back anytime soon this is Jameis Winston's offense moving forward for a while Mike Evans with 20 points Adam Thielen with 20 points Derrick Henry with just 11 points. Derrick Henry's actually put up a few duds here for, for Derrick Henry numbers. Um, if you go back all the way to week 7, he's had 15, 17, 6, and 11. And his he's not had anything under 18 rushes in a single game this year. As a matter of fact, 18 was the lowest he has had. So, you know, it's just not been a good couple weeks for Derrick Henry. What's confusing is he should have had a bigger game against Cincinnati. Chicago, that's what you expect. And the Colts defense is also good. It doesn't really get a lot easier for Derrick Henry moving forward until week fourteen. So that the playoff run is phenomenal for Derrick Henry. Um, trade deadline has already passed, and so unfortunately can't trade him for anything. And um, this is one of those situations where if you, you know, were trying to make a move or you just need a spark on your team, you could potentially do that. But he's got Baltimore, then the Colts, then Cleveland. That's all the way through week 13 here. Then it's Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay, and Houston. And those are the four defenses that are giving up the most points to running backs throughout the year. So sit on that for a little bit if you're a Derrick Henry owner and take some solace that there are easier days ahead. Now, you're not in the position to be in the playoffs like you want to be, but if you're going to be doing side bets, which are encouraged, I would absolutely bank on Derrick Henry to have much bigger days ahead, just maybe not these next two weeks here. Uh, Nick Chubb, good return for him. 126 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown to to boot. 18.6 points, not targeted at all in the passing game. So, um, you know, when we're talking about Kareem Hunt, we we bank on PPR points. For him, it's all on the ground. Andy does this every year, Andy, and I love this because it's underrated, but also it could bite you in the ass. So, Devin Singletary, all jokes aside, is the perfect example of this. You have three runners that are very much just running backs. They're not meant to be PPR backs at all. I don't know if you heard, this is a PPR league. So, Derrick Henry's not catching as much passes. I mean, He's got one catch for six yards. And then, obviously, Nick Chubb, not a single one. And Devin Singletary doesn't go up and catch passes either. So, you lose a little bit of value there. You, you obviously know that. But these guys get the yardage, right? So, other guys aren't thinking the same way that you are when the draft comes around. You'll take these guys because you know that they're going to get the work, right? Which is why you were so high on Singletary because in the beginning of the season, like all credit to you he was getting the work so it was looking like that could certainly happen um didn't work out that way but Derek Henry and Nick Chubb are very much similar running backs in that respect and um they're good I mean they're really good you're looking at RB4 and RB9 right right there when healthy right that's that's how I've got them ranked up uh Yanu I, I can never say this guy's right this guy's name right Yanu Smith he goes uh for a touchdown of 14 receiving yards nine and a half points you really need that touchdown for him he's two two for 14 otherwise so not a good day at all if that happens but keenan allen ppr monster uh but not this week he only got three catches and one touchdown so he saves his day with 12.9 points saves his day is relative because andy ends up losing by 14 points to jeff so jeff does take that spot like we talked about and then the last matchup the biggest matchup the one that i don't want to spend too much time talking about because there's really not a lot to talk about Aaron Rodgers is playing great, totally underrated, absolutely phenomenal that Sean and Zach were able to get them on his team. Jerry Judy has a, a moderate day at 10 points. DeAndre Hopkins, you all saw that big catch, 25 points. Alvin Kamara, 35 points, another day at the office. No CMC, Chase Edmonds, 10 points. Hockerson with just three, two for 13. That's what we're looking at with like that Yannou Smith play. Uh, and then Brandon Ayuk, 20, 20 points. He's 75 yards off seven catches and a receiving touchdown. That guy's great. He's, he's great. He's one of those young rookies that you absolutely love to watch play. He's fast. He's quick. He knows his routes. He runs them well. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, good for him. Good pickup. Lamar Jackson has a Lamar Jackson-ish kind of a day, right? You want anything over 20 points from him and he does that for you. Devonte Adams, quiet day. 18 points. That's that's a quiet day for Devonte Adams. DK Metcalf, has a very, very quiet day, 2 for 28. But like we already talked about, Seattle just did not come out looking good. I would expect a bounce-back week coming up here. Dalvin Cook, uh, against Chicago, 15 points. It's big for him. He was he was not looking like he was going to go anywhere close to 80 yards. And then when Akeem Hicks got injured, that's when he started to bust off. But like I said, you guys all watch that game, so you get it. 4 for 16 in the air. Um, Deon- or uh, Duke Johnson. Just 5.4 points from him. I think that Peel was struggling a little bit to figure out who he was going to put in. Um, and I think that, you know, it was going to be, you know, do I put Gio Bernard in? Do I put uh, Deontay Johnson or D- uh, Duke Johnson in? Do I put, you know, is Joe Mixon going to be back in time? I'm like, what do you do? And I think that was just kind of trying to figure out what to do with the, the um flex position or with the the rb2 position on the team here so duke just doesn't work out but you know that's not like david johnson was doing so much on that running offense too before he went on ir for the concussion because that happens often obviously like every year i guess someone goes on ir for a concussion Uh, oh wait no this is the first time i've ever seen that happen oh who has david johnson oh that's right i have david johnson Evan Ingram, 3.5 points, 2 reception at 15. Like, what a dud. He was starting to come on, too. I didn't expect this one at all. And uh, and the Giants won this game against Philadelphia, 27-17. How does Philadelphia stay in first place, by the way? It makes no sense. Cooper Cup, 10 points, not his game, 5 for 50. But like we said, um, that was a weird game script for everybody. I don't know if you could have predicted how things were going to go. All right, so let's let's go over standings one more time. We got Brett, we got Ryan, we got Mick, we've got Peel, we've got Galas, we've got Sean and Zach together at six. We've got Jeff at seven in his own class at four and six. Then we've got this is the year we're kind of forever and out of commission, all sharing a three and seven record. Um, Not looking good for for the guys in eighth, ninth, and tenth place. So we might as well just resign at this point. But uh, the votes need to be recounted. So uh moving on to week 11 we've got camper dude versus out of commission we've got slob my Nub versus blood brothers it's the first time you got me to say it today too good job brett um we've got pontiac bandas versus galas's gents we've got hans moment versus this is year we've got thundercats versus what kind of forever so i do want to just quickly point one thing out if you're looking at blood brothers matchup their past couple of games have been really tough ones they're just coming out on top and we, we spiraled out of control after CMC got taken, but CMC hasn't really come back to play one game. But I'm paying close attention to this, right? So there are some big implications that have happened here. Now, my team is totally underperformed, so I'm not going to make any excuses. Like, the week that they won against me, they would have beaten any other team. So we all would have lost to them that week. This is actually the second week in a row now that the Blood Brothers have had the most points. But I do want to point out that had that trade gone through, and I'm not I'm not you know, bringing this back to, like, rag on anybody, but I just want to point, like, how things could have changed had we were able to get Galas to make a deal, who we'll justify later when he's on the podcast, rightfully so, why he doesn't make that deal. Um, If CMC was off that team, that's 34 points off the board come week. So if he took that trade first and foremost, he would have gotten James Robinson and Tyreek Hill, who had enough points that week that he would have beaten Blood Brothers. So he would have mitigated the losses that week. On top of that, the week that CMC came back, if he had made that trade with me, CMC would have been there for the game against Blood Brothers, and that's 34 points in my favor to swing it the other direction and 34 points away from them. So effectively, let's just say it's somewhere in the middle at like a 20 to 30-point swing there because I don't know what they're going to do for running back at that point. So it's iffy to say whether or not I would have won or lost. That was the week that Jerry Judy had 30 points some reason. So it's possible they would have come away with CMC anyway, I think, that I would have actually won that game because of the swing of having him. Um, but now that's two more wins for Blood Brothers with CMC and Hopkins now instead of not having CMC and Hopkins. I mean, think about the lack of chemistry on the team and then look at it with the chemistry that they do have. So, um, all right, we've got Pontiac Bandits and Galuss gents. We've got Hans Moment, in this is year. And we've got Thundercats as well. So... I'm not going to go through the individual matchups this week because we're already running about 25 minutes, but what I am going to say is just my picks for the week. I think Mick is going to win against me. I think that Blood Brothers is going to win against Brett. I think that Ryan is going to win against Galus. I think I'll say Pontiac Bandits against Galus' gents. I think that Hans Molman is going to come away with another definitive win here against This Is The Year, and I think Thundercats is going to take down Wakanda forever. So um unfortunately for us last place guys here we're gonna stay in last place because i've got predictions for us all to lose this week and um things don't particularly look great for us as it is and then uh, yeah if jeff wins here that just puts him up in a tier of his own and um that's enough to actually lock in every single playoff spot at that point so uh, bottom guys need to win. Top guys don't need to really do much, but the middle guys do need to win. If you're a five and five record, which there's three teams that are there right now, you got to win at least one more here to feel pretty comfortable about your prospects moving forward and your matchups all look good this year. So, what I wanted to do was get into the DFS play that I'm going to be doing this upcoming week. Here, um, here's what I recommend. Right. So, if you if you've been thinking about doing DFS for a while because I've had a couple of guys ask me like what I'm doing. I'm you, well, let's use Yahoo as the base for this one, right? Because if you're using FanDuel, if you're using DraftKings, if you're using Fantasy Draft or Yahoo, all of them have different values for players. So, keeping this on the same platform will make this relatively easy for you. Now, if you're doing a heads up competition, which is what I typically do. You're only really going to put in $43. There's a $25 matchup, a $10 matchup, a $5, a $2, and a $1. Um, So it's not big money. Now, I have one more money off tournament play just by getting super lucky a couple of times. But uh, as far as you're concerned, the team that you're going to pick to put together is going to be done later in the week and never t- usually as early as this week but i'm going to show you how you can spend all your draft capital this week if you're interested And in if you are interested in picking a dfs lineup i would absolutely encourage you do it do it for a dollar like it's just a freaking dollar see if you win it you know you'll win two bucks and then go off and do the next thing so uh here's my lineup for this week and this is maximizing a 200 budget so it's just like you would initially draft day uh, with your $200 budget and you know, just assume you're winning your auction bids here. That's essentially what you're looking at here. So Ben Roethlisberger comes in at $32 salary. It's a little bit higher than I'd like to spend at a quarterback, but his matchup against Jacksonville is just so good, and he's playing at such a higher caliber right now. So I'm going to take Ben Roethlisberger. Um, also, it's not PPR scoring. There are no kickers in DFS as well, which is another reason why I feel like I'm doing super well. Um, Derrick Henry is just $32. Uh, it's a little bit higher for a running back, but you know when you look at his matchup, it's against Baltimore. I know I said I don't think it's the greatest thing on paper, but the touches you can't deny, so he's probably going to get around 20 touches, and uh, I like that. He just needs to get into the end zone once, and it's more than possible that he does it two times, which is great in non-PPR format. Alvin Kamara against Atlanta he is $34, um, so I'm going to take him... As well, I think he... he It's Alvin Kamara, so you don't have any questions about whether or not you picked the right one. Um, think about this so far. We've got uh, Derek Henry and Alvin Kamara as our running backs. Deontay Johnson, who I was just boasting about as a top guy. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pair Ben Roethlisberger with Deontay Johnson here against Jacksonville, and I think he's going to have a good day. He's just $18 in DFS. Uh, another guy that I've been boasting about for weeks on, on end here is T Higgins, right? He's $17 against Washington. While Washington has been good, T Higgins has been a red zone uh, target here. And Joe Burrow is throwing the ball more than any other quarterback is in the league here. So I really like T Higgins, especially this week, which I believe they're coming out of a buy. I don't think they played. Th- oh no, they did play this past weekend. Um, but I still like T Higgins. I, I like T Higgins in this matchup. So I'm going to take them. Um, Devontae Parker against Denver. I think that's a very average matchup. I'm a little nervous about this one, but he's he's $17. T. Higgins was also $17. Um, now that Miami actually has something to kind of play for, and it's Denver, I think that Parker can have a very good day, especially with the running back situation in Miami being up in the air. They don't quite get it. Here's a spoiler alert. My, my tight end every week is a value buy, and it's always Darren Waller. Because, worst case scenario, he at least got targets. But Darren Waller will will more often get you points than he does not get you points. He's $21 in DFS. My flex play is Antonio Gibson. It's Washington against Cincinnati. We already said that. So uh, he is $19. I think it's a great matchup and coming off a great game. Um, And then I have uh, have Atlanta against New Orleans. They're $10 here. We do need to talk about this because Jameis Winston is going to be helming. Um, I'm just banking on some interceptions to get me some points because if he does play like he has played in the past, if the game is not scripted to keep him conservative, then expect Atlanta's defense to put up some points. So all of that combined puts me at 130.9 points and that's a $200 salary. Um, So I would later look at injury reports as I go throughout the week and see if that's going to be my lock or not. But right now, Um, that's where I'm sitting at. So just to give you some perspective here, um, Ben Roethlisberger against Jacksonville. The other quarterbacks in the league, Mahomes is usually a great pick too if you want to spend. He's playing against Vegas. He's $39, so it's just a lot of money. Dalvin Cook is $40 against a Dallas defense. Um, I don't think that he has a bad day at all. I just worry about spending so much draft capital on a single player like that and then them not so he's projected to get 22 points but his ceiling is probably somewhere a little bit closer to 28 here um he is sitting at 5.4 times his projected value so i just don't see the value in that compared to maybe what i'm going to get out of camara new uh against atlanta here so um anyway that's my dfs play let's jump into the portion here with peel you know what let's jump into the portion with galas today first i actually I, i think that's a A more intriguing start here and then as soon as that's done we'll get into the section with peel um i don't think i'm gonna go through my dfs every week unless your feedback is that you want to hear what i'm playing to get you to that 200 dollars mark but i do encourage you guys like especially the ones like myself that are losing take a peek at the dfs stuff and then if if i'll let you know if i won or lost this week in my matchups i'm you know um just because you pick the same team i pick doesn't mean if I win, you'll win, because it always depends on who your matchup is against, what that person picked. And I'm telling you, as far as optimizing your lineup, this is probably the best that you'll get from from here. And this is also using Fantasy Pros to help me pick this lineup, too. Um, If you have a particular player that you want to play, and you don't want to use the lineup that I have, like, let's say you absolutely feel like you have to play Dalvin Cook. That's totally fine. Let me know. I'll optimize your lineup for you, too, and I'll give you who you should pick in in your lineup. So reach out to me via text message. Tell me who you want to lock in. I'll optimize it for you. You Go play it. uh, Win some money that way because, God forbid, we're going to win some money in this league. Uh, I'm certainly not getting the most points, and I'm definitely not taking the big cash prize this year. So DFS is my fail-safe. All right, let's get into the section with Galas here and then stay tuned for our interview with, finally, our interview with Mr. Peel. I occasionally fill in for people just mix your want to lamp, the days, lamp days, man. I, know, I do too. Good. I do too. Things, things didn't the end. Beer that you had access to. I know I do too. Dan, well, I still have access to it. I mean, Dan's, <laughs> Dan's a good guy, so I'm sure I could get point. access to it. Hey, so uh, thanks for joining.
1: Yeah, I, I was gonna say I could be like Mick and say when. Let me know when we're gonna go live, but
0: I'm gonna guess I'm already live. Talking about my Mexican. You're house as and... live as you want to be. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. You're as live as you want to be. If you said something stupid, I would edit it. But you know, so far you haven't said anything stupid. So I thought that's the idea, right? Oh yeah, I mean you're a stupid guy, so you'll eventually say something stupid. Are you drinking? Are you drinking red wine right now? I'm drinking red drinking?
1: wine. Totally yeah. not my style, but the wife's got it open, so I thought I'll have a glass. And I'm, I'm normally a beer
0: guy yeah i haven't i haven't had uh alcohol in a couple weeks now i haven't drank for any occasion it's been a while any reason what do we got uh there really is none my my uh fridge is full of new glaris i just have to get after it it just seems a little peculiar drinking by myself but i could be there in 35 minutes you know that right well, yeah, but the point is, we're trying to quarantine here.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you can throw your nuglerses out the front door, and I can sit in my car, and we can. That's, the that's true.
0: That's true. <laughs> I could go grab one now too, but we've already started recording, and I'm drinking uh sparkling ice.
1: That's,
0: that's pretty <laughs> um, fancy. So I got to ask you: There's been fancy. there's there's clearly been some animosity. Might be a strong word, but we'll use animosity. <laughs> what? All right, so I'll have a couple of questions, but but let me ask you first and foremost, dead serious, right? All all influence aside, what was your decision behind not making that CMC trade? It's funny,
1: you know, I, I have that as something I wanted to talk to you about tonight, but um, so decision making process was I saw a larger powerhouse coming out of CMC, and I was thinking this is my ticket to win it my first year ever doing fantasy let's back up for just a moment on that sure this is my first time ever playing fantasy it is yeah
0: it is and for what it's worth 35 year old man for what it's worth (laughs) i I know people i know people i talked to brett last week in the podcast and it came up about trades how i always think that you should talk to someone about trades when you're making that offer Hmm. and brett's like yeah you should but also make sure like you don't tell the other person why they're getting the better end of the deal which i totally understand no Um, i heard that That
1: you know, I like I it when your reasonings were great.
0: Yeah, I just I like it when more people are involved in fantasy football in general. So I always like just having people involved. So we have football to talk about because that's what I like more than winning out on a trade. So it's important to me when I have those kinds of conversations. People know where I'm coming from. We we had those conversations at the point. That we were talking actively.
1: We did. I would say you were probably really good at that. Well, I needed the education. Let's put it that way. For me not having done this before that was one of the things i would say i would come back at is i need to do more research on my own on it and figure it out but watching how this season goes now this is a different year i think that's what we've said about every podcast (laughs) this is a different year it's a different year um but uh, i would probably do more of them and i might look to do more of them i probably need to do another one for this next one here i'm gonna get my ass handed to me here um i mean (laughs) unless unless COVID destroys Gavigan's team. I'm pretty sure, you know, the Pontiac Bandits are going to have to go down hard. Kind of like Brett's team did this last week.
0: Yeah, there was... That was there was brutal. Another, there was another the few way. upsets. Actually, uh, I'll end up talking about that after the games tonight, but it looks like, or after the game tonight, but it looks like for the most part that the most important game of the week was the one that I had called last week was going to be the matchup, was Andy and Jeff, because... Whoever comes out on top of that will mm-hmm. be sort of in a league of their own to make a run for the playoffs, while the, the bottom three are yep. going to be out of it. And, uh, yeah, so that one's that one's going to play out. But I'm curious, getting back to the CMC thing, what you, yeah. you thought that CMC was just going to be able to take you through the rest of the way if you could make it through that week? If I could make it through that week, and the more I looked at the points, I was like,
1: now, again, being my first year, what it was that, week seven, I think? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, mind you, I only lost by 1.44 points. So, looking at it, I thought, what, what would have helped me down the line is the running backs. I think I would have been – I'm looking at some of the performance there, and that would have been huge because my running back side is weak um, this entire season. But, like, I, I really wanted to hold on to him. He was my dude. I spent my cash on him. I wanted yeah. to babysit him to the end when he got better. Never thought he would have been out as long as he did. Um, I kind of thought I mean you offered that week seven. Right before we seven. Yeah, week, week seven. seven
0: week seven I offered you. We ha- I actually threw in a little bit more on the trade. Oh, and you lied to me too. We'll get to that in a second. Oh yeah. <laughs> I offered you James Robinson and Tyree Kill and Ryan Tannehill for uh uh oh, yeah. Josh Allen and CMC. Yep. Yeah, um, Josh Allen was a was a also solid.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh I, yeah, I he's a great. He's, he's done yeah.
0: amazing for me this year. He has right, which was part of the reason why I tried to acquire him in that trade. Um,
1: to that no, we point, that,
0: but like thirty-four points, it's been pretty awesome. So, well, here, so looking back and in hindsight's twenty-twenty. I mean, Brett and I touched on this last week. Hindsight's definitely twenty-twenty. You could look back at that trade and say it was a bad trade, but let's say you had made that trade. So I've had CMC one week, um, and he'll have been injured again. And you'll have had James Robinson, who's RB4 on the season, and Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. who's, who's a top five wide receiver, and Brian Tannehill up to that point was QB4 through weeks from week seven to week seven of this past year. He's, he's not been playing as well since, so you would have lost on, on that part of the trade. But all in all, it would have created a different effect. The Vampire would not have won that week. Yes. The week that I played the Vampire would have had CMC. They wouldn't have. I would have gotten 37 points from them and probably beaten them because the running back position would have been less. <laughs> so we would have taken two bites off of the board essentially that way. But and that's sort of the fun part about fantasy, right? Like well, just... look at Brett and Zach's
1: matchup for w- this next
0: week. Oh, Brett's going to lose. I mean, it's, it's a four-point spread,
1: and, and it, they, his team is super stacked now. And that, if, you, if you remember, at least in the text stream, I did mention, wish me luck. I hope I don't fuck up the entire season for everyone because he became more stacked since that win. And we are now seeing exactly what could have been predicted. That fall right there really gave him some momentum. Not that he used CMC right away, but, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just not good. It's, not, <laughs> it's, a tough, it's a tough year in join fantasy, and then you add a vampire
0: into this. Look. Come on. I it's it was one of those situations I know I said it but I have to say it again it's like the the only time that I've really never wanted to say like I I told you so because I like I was rooting for you look you you, you expected to get a lot out of your your team from other positions and in Kansas City's defense carried you a lot that that weekend oh yes they did which was crazy like defenses don't put up those amount of points but they did and so it was a close game and it was fun to watch and like Remember, we never had – so that's the fun part about this, like hindsight 2020. We look back at that moment when we were all watching that Monday Night Football together, texting each other like crazy. There was implications across the board. We were rooting for Russell Wilson. Like it was just – it was absolutely nutty because of how it played out. And I won't forget that. Like three years from now, I won't forget how crazy that that was. I will say that that? is the
1: night I got – into fantasy football that was week seven because there were so many weeks i was like okay i kind of get this i don't have access to all the sunday game ticket stuff nor did i have the time with kids but um that was it for me because there was so much on the line and my my baby cmc right i'm like this is it i'm keeping them right and that was so nasty that was the seattle game right I mean, that Yeah, was just, it was. Yeah,
0: you were hoping oh. for like a kicker to get something. I think at one point. That's all I had. It was. It hurt so bad. They had I was Chase like, Edmonds, wow, I think it was at Seattle. It was at Seattle Arizona game where uh, Arizona came back and won it.
1: It was a narrow narrow loss. I mean, you yeah. know, yeah. Let's say the defense had me, but we went into that game with I was feeling really good.
0: And so that's what that's what I love. Like that's that's what fantasy is and should always be. Right? We put hundred dollars yeah. down. Put the money aside, but it's <laughs> it's the fun of. Getting to talk yeah. like that competition, not knowing what's going to happen, like y- you make some educated guesses and stuff. But like, look at my season. I-, I know enough about fantasy. Like I'm no goofball when it comes to fantasy, but like, I'm having a horrible year. I'm just yeah. having a bad year, and it happens. And First like, year I can ever tell you what- that
1: you had a bad year, right?
0: No, I've had I've had <laughs> other I've had other bad years. I've had you know what, Galas. <laughs> I'm the only two time uh, champion in this league. I don't hmm. think that's, that's yet to be mentioned. I think everybody audience. needs to drink right you now. You just I did. You just did. Yeah, I just did. <laughs> so, you know, I don't always have bad years, but when I do, they're they're pretty cat- um, catac- cataclysmically bad. And, yeah. and to top that off, there is sort of a rule that when you win the league the year before, you lose terribly the week or the year after. And so Andy had that uh, when he won and he lost. Pretty bad the following year, and that's definitely happening to me this year too. Um, Can
1: you hear me right now? I just had an Amber Alert blank you out.
0: Yeah, we just no, I just just got an Amber Alert too. Actually, hey, what is okay. going? That's the second one this this two days. Probably the same person. My God. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so looking back, I mean, you you would do the same thing over and over again. You think you would hold on to CMC in that situation, situation, knowing
1: what I knew, I would. Um, it made it an enjoyable week, but knowing where my weak spots were, I mean, you got to say, some of these trades have been like absolute shit. And then other ones are like absolutely awesome. And it worked out for everybody. And in that one, I was like, it was like the one, if it wouldn't have been CMC, it would have been a no brainer to be coached into a nice trade. But the one person I wanted to watch play and that again, first year stuff, there's the rookie mistake. I mean, I got to say now, I will say for a rookie mistake, no matter where I stand, I do hold a record and I hold a record for everything. I'm pretty sure looking at the stats that's ever been played with anybody who's playing in our little league here. What's the record? And that, I mean, you know what it is. You've seen it, right? No, I don't think so. (laughs) I hold the record for the smallest margin of defeat of all time.
0: Oh, which is? 0.24, my friend. 0.24. Yeah, that would be as as That was Brett and I last week. Yeah. Okay. According to the
1: stats... And looking um, at Yahoo, I mean, you guys also play other leagues, but, I mean, if I'm going to hold a trophy, I'll take that, you know?
0: You could um, – I think if we went back – so you would win it for the season, I'm sure, with that. Um, you could look at the, uh, the history of the crap jackpot and dive back into a few years. We've had some really close matches. But I actually think that we had a tie one year. I can't remember for the life of me. I think – Really? When, when Ryan's dad was playing Ryan. Uh, oh, jeez. He, he – tied him I'm not sure if that's the case but I think there was an actual tie which is like a statistical improbability let's say I mean it's so hard to do like you see how how variable these matchups are
1: yeah well it's funny how much it can vary though I mean I'm watching this game right now with the Bears which is always in the background and right unbelievable like you know I'm watching Allen Robinson and and he's getting these 24 yard catches and I'm watching his points go up and these percentages on Yahoo predictions, I put way too much weight on that my first year, and I'm watching this going, whoa, this is getting closer than I thought. You know, a couple more of those and a touchdown and
0: it's a yeah. serious game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yahoo doesn't do the best job with stuff like that. Because time is of the essence, I want to move into what my bone is to pick with you. You straight up lied to me, you hound dog. You told me okay. that I was the only trade offer you had. And I heard yeah. from I heard from other people that they made you trade offers. So who's lying? Them or, or you? No,
1: when you asked me, you were the only trader I had. They came in in like the last hour. It was like the last, it was that morning or late that night. And then I think I had two other ones. It was just
0: two. Okay. So two in total or three, including mine? Three, including yours, I think. Wait, what were the other trades? Because I didn't even know what they Ooh, were. Man, now you're asking details that are. Were way they long any? Gone. They probably weren't any good. I mean, you obviously didn't take them, but were there ones that you were like, ugh, and, well, I barely remember my
1: firstborn's middle name, so I gotta think about that. Okay. Uh, if I remember correctly, I didn't do as much research as I did on yours, only because it was the one I had to sit on. And at that point, I was after turning yours down. I was pretty set on holding on to CMC, and I think yeah. he was involved. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit. I'm just gonna get sorry, guys." And I think that's how I
0: responded. So, so let's shift gears. Tell me a little bit more about like your first year experience, because I remember the first year that I, that I played, I had Trent Richardson was like one of my first draft picks. And you don't even know who Trent Richardson is because mm. he totally mm. busted, like dropped out of the NFL completely. He was just an absolute bust of a player. And he was one of my first round draft picks. And I uh, forget, I'll, I'll, CJ something, I've I'll have to remember his name was also like my first round over He was a Buffalo running back and they just screwed me. You know, yeah, I looked at all the analysts and everything and they told me what to do and I did it. And then I was like, really guys, I don't know what to Whoops. do year two. Yep. So do you feel like you, what, what sort of prep did you do coming into the season? And then where are you at now with your prep where you've learned some lessons? <laughs> Correct. Uh, man, YouTube, right? You got to YouTube
1: it up. Uh, you know, I'd watched fantasy I I tracked some guys on points here and there, and just trying to look at things because I wasn't in a league, and um, boy, you can go down a rabbit hole on some guys that really have some nice fantasy setups online. And so I was watching some of those, um, and uh, not having played before and watching how it can go, boy, it was uh, it was too deep. But um, you know, for me, it's it's kind of watching the the summaries. I still do a little bit of that. A couple guys I watch. I'd have to go back onto my YouTube here and see which ones I've been watching weekly or every other week, depending on the guy. But um, that helps for me, just because I'm still I got Learning. so much to learn. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: When um, you went into the season, were there any were there any people that you really I know CMC cause you're a Panthers fan on uh, top yeah, of that, like, you just you know. can't you can play the safe move and just get a top back. And if you played like how he plays every week for you and wasn't injured, you would have been so fine this year right yeah well so, I think I so think who are some who who were some of the other guys that you were looking at like before the the season started and maybe some that you got or didn't get um let's see
1: um Kamara Kamara okay uh, Tua Tua would have been great I would have loved to have Tua on my team well, you still can't um, so,
0: have, can have
1: Tua on your team is he free yeah but you don't want to drop Josh Allen no, I don't want to Josh, but he's got to buy this week, so I need a QB this week. So, so he would be a good pickup if you can get him. That might be a
0: good pickup. Yeah. Some other people might be. He he would be interesting um, in if we but did. That was a key, one I always watched. If we did a keeper league, he would be an interesting play. Two, it would be yeah. real a real good uh, pick for a keeper league. Yeah. Um. Which we're gonna we're gonna do a, a few things different next year. I've probably talked about this for a while now. That you gonna vamp it. No, never again. We're never gonna vampire ever again. It's one and done. Um, oh, I think yeah. Zach, I think
1: Zach's gotta be loving this.
0: No, yeah, Zach and Trump both. But next year, I think we're gonna we're gonna shift it over, or we're at least gonna put up a vote to move it into a twelve person league. That way, yeah. Zach and Sean can have their own teams because that's like sort of what they're aiming for. Um, dropping the kickers is one of the things that we're gonna have a discussion about. Dual dual a vote on. Um, <sighs> How do you feel about the kicker position? I like my kicker, man. Oh my god! Of course you like your kicker. Why would you know. Like your I know? After
1: your last podcast, too, you're like, this whole kicker thing. Why does anybody even like do research? Tucker's been killing it for me, bro.
0: Yeah, Tucker's been killing it for you. He's the top kicker <laughs> in football, and so it's the same thing <laughs> as it is in fantasy. Like,
1: you don't you know, do he's, your he's research on that. You me. just
0: know he's a good kicker, so you take him. Yeah, but I don't know, man. Have you, have you learned more about football through fantasy? Uh, Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. A ton. Yeah. For me a lot. Like it's definitely changed the game. I, you know, well, I got to say this is just coming as a dad perspective. It's really fun to watch. I've been watching more football obviously. Right. So it was never as much of a push. I wanted to watch football, but now I have a reason Kay backs me up on that. She's like, "Yeah, you got one in the game." I'm like, "Yep, got to watch it." And if I can get on it, I do. And uh Sundays with COVID, we were always go 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 yeah. on the weekends.
0: Now and now so we're
1: not go go go. I'm not really flying airplanes, and so I'm home. And so I'm like, turn on football. It's Sunday, right? So it's been a great year to get into it because now I've got Charlotte going. After we turn off church in the morning, she goes. Daddy, is it time to watch football? And she's into it. And she's Good. like touchdown and she's I like, Daddy, it. can we turn on football? And it's like a Monday night. I'm like, Well, honey, it's not gonna come on till after bedtime. And she's like, Oh, but I just wanna watch football. I mean, she really is getting into it. And here's my little, it. you know, three and a half year old loving football. And so it's been a cool uh I, I would say that for me has been really fun because I, um I've always been a, a sports lover, but not one that would like hunt down to watch the game, unless I was on an overnight in a city and I could go find a sports bar. But I would never drag the family to say, "Hey, we got to turn this on." Like if they wanted to watch a movie instead, we'd watch a movie. Now right. I turn on football, and the kids are getting into it, and it's
0: it's good. It's good stuff, man. I do have a a goal you know as kids get older. I would love to get the kids in a kids league, right? Ooh. One one that's you know not. Look, the parents are probably s- going to get involved that? with it. I'm sure the parents are probably getting involved. However, I would like the kids to just literally do it themselves. Like, just make the picks that they think are smart. They're probably going to listen to their parents anyway, talk about fantasy football and, and pick, you know, try to get who their parents are. What from. age do you find that appropriate, Andrew? Fantasy football? Obviously not kids. giving them
1: access to chat and stuff like that, but like letting them pick and then tell them their points are going up? Or what you
0: I don't know. I That's I, like – she hasn't even met like a, a boy. She's been in, uh, we had her, we had her in, we had her in uh daycare all the way up until about a month and a half ago, or maybe a month ago now, well, maybe not that long. It would just feel longer, but um, we just got an email yesterday or two days ago that they had their third case to COVID in the daycare. So mm-hmm. we had, we had pull her out when they had their second case in their career. Like, all right, well, we're just, you know, it, you guys got to figure it out a little bit and they, they haven't, which, it's not really the daycare's fault. I mean, it's just – it is what it is, unfortunately. Um, All
1: right, so getting back to that then, we could – I mean, let's see how many kids are in this whole league here. Um, oh, there's there will be enough. <laughs> yeah, with, I there think will, there's enough kids going there around. Will enough. In. I mean, that would be like a 25-person league.
0: You know, so kids. we're going to have two. You've <laughs> got three. Brett's got one right now. Gab's got two. Jake's got two. Uh, Jeff's got Dang. one. Uh, you know well Mick's kid is already in (laughs) because because I'm in it (laughs) Uh so um but yeah I mean there's opportunity there for for future league and I know Sean uh has a kid and uh Zach has two. so yeah there's definitely enough and it would be mostly girls league because everybody just has girls did we tell you if we're having a boy or a girl Did did we talk about that
1: did we talk about that
0: I don't know what do you think we're having well, it's
1: obviously going to be a boy. You think so? Oh, yeah. Why is that obvious? Uh, it's obvious because there's just too many girls. The percentages have got to change.
0: Well, they're not going to with us because we're definitely having another girl. Son of a bitch. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I to... Yeah. No, it's not going to happen.
1: All right. All right. All Did right. you go for
0: number three hoping for a boy?
1: No. Funny enough, no. Okay. I went for number three because I was, I was dead set on having to – and then i told i was down for three yeah only because she was super into it and she's the youngest of three and i said okay then let's go for three i'm i I'm in it's gonna be exciting but i don't want to reinvent the wheel that was that was my thing i was like let's do it now because yeah. i don't want to pull out everything and do it all over so you didn't want to pull um, out uh, you know i i never want to pull out andrew no uh, it's- <laughs> oh, you said it i just I, I up. clarified what was said. When the airplane tells me to, but I don't want to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly, yeah. You know, having them close is fun. So I think, you know, getting back to the football thing, Charlotte getting into football is going to lead Emmy into, yeah, football. and She's right. watching her sister. think it's cool. And they're all close. So they can kind of have that, um, you know, we used to do that with dad on Sundays and that was fun and, you know, and on top of whatever else we create as things, but I think you know that in itself will be fun. You know they'll get it. I want my girls to be cool, man. I want them to know sports. I want them to be able to. That's all I got as girls. So we're gonna have to go camping and do the crazy things and all that kind of stuff. None of this. So I got to take my boy out shooting. Like, girls are going, man. Do you guys camp? Uh, we have not
0: since kids have come along, but yes, we did. We that's the same situation for us. We've got all our camping equipment. We have not been since uh since having Addison so it's been over two years but we uh yep. we are avid campers so maybe we'll have to set something up when all this blows over dude super in for that um you know
1: i i'll probably glamp it for a while just for kids for i mean that's I what know, i mean
0: by camping
1: oh well i see I, I mean i remember growing up as a kid going out we had the kids tent and the parents tent we did tents you'd wake up dewey we even did like easter in a, in a tent once Oh wow. That's intense. Yeah, like eggs. That's an in Easter bunny had showed up and it was a little bit of light snow and we were yeah.
0: Tell me um tell me what you think you're going to end up at this year. You think you're going to make making the playoffs? That's a no-brainer. Oh. You heard it here <laughs> first, Galas is going to be making the playoffs this year and and do you think you're going to win the league? Uh no, I lost CMC. I can't win the league. That's it. You cannot win the league without CMC. He's gonna be, he's gonna be out for. So last week, Brett, here's a little, here's a little tidbit. So there was a little, a little under the radar stuff here. Brett hopped on, and I was talking to him, and I was like, "Damn, CMC might be out for. Oh, like he's got a separated shoulder, and it yeah. came at the end of the game, and yep. that's a serious injury. If you know anything about like separating your shoulder, it you don't just it pop hurts it back in. A oh. Bit. It, But you have to recover from that injury. So I would be amazed if he comes back after three weeks because the minimum is typically like a four to six week recovery time period on that, which would essentially be the rest of CMC's regular season. But that has him super rested and healthy into the playoffs, which right now I think the vampire is going to be rolling in the playoffs. He'll be rolling. No, okay. so I, think, I think. I mean, it's anybody's
1: game in the playoffs, right? I mean, from what I understand.
0: Yeah, more or less. So the, vampire can't, make, the vampire can't make bites in the playoffs, it's only regular season. So, yeah. you know, there's never going to be like he takes someone down and takes someone off the team because you can't trade ah, someone yeah. to a dead team anyway. Um, yeah. However, I'm going to take this reminder to everybody when we listen um, playoffs, there is a loser's bracket and a winner's bracket, but you're always encouraged because even through the playoffs, the most points for the week, get their money. So you get $10 if you score the most points in the playoffs. Um, in addition to that, you're also encouraged to make side bets with your opponent. So like, for example, if we had a $100 buy-in, if you want to try to recoup some of that, you can put some money online. Gavin and I have had some pretty good fantasy bets, and they've mostly been lopsided to me. He cooked me breakfast mm. in a Darth Vader outfit. Ah, uh, Yes. You- we don't talk about the pink belly one because I think that one was cruel. I remember the breakfast. I remember because Sam was
1: talking about when that had to happen because she was with the kids and.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he cooked me cooked me breakfast as Darth Vader, and I captured a lot of it. I can't. I don't know where that footage is. We'll find it one of these times. But but you are encouraged that if you if you are in the lo- this is mostly for me because I'm going to be in the losers bracket at this point. There's just no chance. Yeah, totally. You just want
1: to watch it happen. I got to say week 11 is going to be tough for me. Um, I mean, like I said, going is going to crush me unless I can figure something out with a good trade, which obviously I haven't done yet. Um, You're currently hoping Mick this week. Yeah, I got Mick this week. No offense, Mick. I think that, that one's going to go down no problem. Um, Jeff on week 12 for me is going to be rough. You, know? you think so? A me, sh- a me show right now? I, I don't know. I mean, it depends on – it's going I think it's gonna be tighter than what you think. I think I'm gonna have some injuries. I don't think it's over yet. I've been kind of lucky with the guys I've had. I have not seen a lot of fall out right now. You better and, not uh, get a wood, man.
0: I, I yeah. I don't have any real wood in this house. So yeah, maybe There's the floors. Something. Yeah, your your matchup next week will be interesting. Um, Jeff has seen like said, a few yeah. a few injuries to his team, um, but right. Yeah. I don't know, man. Anything, I know. anything can happen. Oh, by the way, Tua is not available. Jeff has Tua. So.
1: Yeah, I, I did see that in the trades. It was, uh, how do you pick him up?
0: How do you pick yeah, him up? Jeff
1: picked him up from Green Bay, right? You got rid of Green Bay?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He made that
1: move. I do remember that move. I've been watching that off and on. That's my favorite. I'm like, okay, why? And then I do some research there. Well, it's been fun well, after, to
0: have you. Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> You know, I'm sorry. I, I screwed up the league, man. Should have said yes. I plus, I, I
0: I'll create a hashtag thanks Gayless. Hashtag <laughs> thanks Gayless. We'll just That's we'll keep okay. that one we'll keep that one rolling <laughs> throughout. It's okay. We need we need COVID <laughs> to hit the Blood Brothers and then we'll that, go from there. That was <laughs> the that week though was the most impactful week I've ever seen in, in fantasy sports ever. And it was also the yeah. most exciting because that, that Monday night game between Arizona and Seattle was was intense yep. for many reasons. It was a comeback game. Yeah, it was okay. awesome to watch. Didn't it go into overtime, too? It went into overtime. It did. And you just needed, You just needed the kicker to kick a field goal after Chase Edmonds had like run a little bit. Yep. Because that's when Kenyon Drake got injured, and so Chase Edmonds actually got play. Yep. That was it. It was rough,
1: but I don't know. Like I said, not many lessons learned because it was so exciting. I, excitement is the name of the game. Definitely not in this to lay you guys out flat because I'm pretty sure that wasn't going to happen this year.
0: <laughs> we we all voted on this one way or another. This was voted on. So you are absolutely not the sole person to blame. Um, man, I there's a couple guys in the background going, nope,
1: nope, I definitely did not vote for
0: this. <laughs> I'm looking at points against here. And I, I'm i just now realizing that I have the second most points against me in this, in this league. Jeff has the most against, but Jeff, Jeff also has one of the least the second least amount of points right um man this i this year couldn't have been any worse i hate this year (laughs) i'm the only two-time winner hang on to that
1: great time
0: i'm gonna hang on to that all right bud uh i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you roll and uh thanks for thanks for coming by go crack a beer huh might as well thank you Galus, for coming on to the show um so if you hear that background noise, that's me waiting for my Costco order and I'm talking to customer service trying to schedule delivery. So just ignore the smooth jazz that's going on in the background. It's been quite nice, although I've been on hold for 20 minutes at this point. Um, let's bring in Peel. Ah, oh, geez. You know what? We're running over an hour again. Uh, yeah, darn. You know what? I hate to do it, but we're going to have to bump Peel to next week. I apologize. Remember, there's that limit on what we can and can't do with the podcast so we're gonna we're gonna bump you next week i promise uh we'll get you on and i uh i'm sorry to have to do it again so uh thanks for coming to the podcast today good luck everybody i hope you do take me up on that dfs offer because i made some good money that way and i want you to do the same uh even if you're slated to win give it a try if you don't know what you're doing i can certainly help you out but uh have some fun this week good luck on your matchups everybody and uh playoffs are drawing near so get those victories